Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we've hit a massive, massive, massive milestone. A massive milestone. Whoa. Ah. 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 Episode 100. One for one, 100. 100 for one. I don't know where I'm going with this, but Miles, it is our 100th episode. How are you feeling tonight? I am jacked up, my dude. A hundred episodes. Who would have thought? Um, from sitting at the kitchen table recording our first episode on that really shitty mic I got at Best Buy, <laughs> no free ads that we called "Suck Jesse's Toes," that we'd ever hit a hundred. Um, it's a nice milestone. So, uh, thank you for having me for a hundred episodes, or like ninety-seven, because I think I missed a few. Thanks for putting up with uh, my expected goals talk for a hundred episodes. I I expected you to only put it up with fifty two point seven percent of the my uh, my episodes above expected is is making the folks at home happy or what? Yeah, I think you're gonna be in the Vesna conversation this year, dude. You know who might be in the Vesna conversation this year? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, boy. No, man, little trip down memory lane. Uh, I wanted to ask you for the intro. Um, what is your 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 one hundred one for one moment? What's your Ooh. what's been your favorite mem from the show? I was gonna ask you this. Or I was <laughs> oh thinking about it. Well, I, I was I was uh I was I was washing my face in the shower, and I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna ask Miles what his favorite moment from one for one was so far. Um, huh. There's a few of them that are that are really good. I I mean, obviously love. I think like I, it's would it be I think it'd be cheating to say like our interviews, right? Like our interviews were a lot of fun, and I want to bring those back. Um, it's just been like it's so busy to like schedule those, and also Twitter doesn't make it very easy because you got to be verified to DM people, and oh, you know, we don't like that shit. Um, I don't know, man. I just think like I just think back to some of the times that we just like are crying, laughing at something so stupid. Is just like that. That brings it. That brings me so much joy when I go back and think about our moments from one for one. What about you? Um. Yeah. If we're if we're not counting interviews, because per, personally, it's the Jonathan Torrens interview. Yeah. The, if you, yeah. If, the Torrens one was sick. Um. Low key a plug. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to the interview with Jonathan Torrens. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. And it's kind of funny that he like talks about this new show I'm working on, Shorzy, and now yeah. it's like so it's big a huge and whatnot. Show, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. So it's funny that we were on the ground floor for that. But uh, not counting that, it would have to be the time. Like when I came back from Arizona and I was telling you about my sunburn peeling. <laughs> yeah. 
and I had to wear a shirt to bed because my skin was getting all over the sheets. That one, and then we called the episode the skin box, like welcome to the skin box or something, like gold member. Oh, put it in the skin box. Put it in the skin box. Yeah, that was a good one too. That because I listened to that in my truck, and it was like thirty-five seconds of just wheezing. <laughs> Some of the most unprofessional shit we've ever put out, but good, funny, good stuff, hilarity. I uh, I think back to like a lot of our a lot of our old clips from like the first season because we had some really funny ideas from our first season and I, I don't think we've run out of good ideas I think we just we don't uh, like I th- I think uh, I just I think back to like some of the dumb shit that we did like when we did our one for one Academy Awards I think is really funny Oh yeah that was yeah, a good bit the, that was a good bit I think I want to do that again this year I think that'd be a lot of fun because especially now that we have all these like new jerseys and stuff that people have released. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's lots of like good and bad shit going on in the nhl that we could like make fun of yeah yeah absolutely um yeah there's that there's just like you know i think back to all the good friends that like i mean i like i would consider probably kyle one of my best friends right now and you introduced us and that was all on one for one like that's that's cool man yeah man that's awesome well welcome to welcome to one for one where a hundred episodes of friendship have brought us to a fun one that we are recording during uh, the Oilers bye week, calling us the bye week blues. But don't worry, because we've got a fun episode for you. There's two games from the Oilers past um, week to go over. Once we get through that, just going to take a, a hundred thousand foot overview of the streak, do a little player spotlight. Um, maybe we got a lot of really good feedback on our last little, uh, TikTok game. So we're doing another one of those and then we're moving into a host of NHL shit. Um, lots of fun little tidbits that we pulled, um, looking at some all-star history. We're looking at a player poll that just came from the athletic. Um, we're going to take a look at where are they now? A couple of the 2023 unrestricted free agents, how they're fitting in on their teams. Once we get through that. Nolan, because it's the 100th episode, um, if you're not following us on social, shame on you. But we opened up a mailbag. We got a number of questions from some some good friends. And we got some uh, words of encouragement, too, that are funny that we're going to share. And once all of that is done, mm-hmm. um, we are going to do the rock star of the week. And we're going to get the heck out of here. So, yeah. Should we uh, get things going? man i'd love to i also want to mention two miles uh you know uh those uh, that athletic player poll there mm-hmm. well i think i'm adding this last minute I, ha- I didn't even mention this to you before we started recording oh god off script the oilers just had an athletic player poll on just the oilers oh okay well that'll so, be yeah add that so in. what i'll do is i'll read the questions to you and then mm-hmm. you tell me what you think or who you think the winner is of, the, of that category does that sound fun that sounds really fun. Okay, I can't, so we'll I, do... I, I, I can't. I can't hardly wait. Okay, we will do that after we talk about the NHL player poll. Okay. Skirt. Skirt. Okay. Skirt. Excellent. How will we get started? Yes. Go ahead. With a big game, <laughs> because Captain Picard was here for the USS uh, Oilers prize. I, I don't know where I'm. Going. I was trying to make. 
I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big Star Trek guy, but I tried to make a Star Trek reference because that's a Star Trek character, and I didn't really know what I was doing there. But you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna deal with it. Uh, with a three nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks, Oilers chasing 15 in a row. Uh, Miles wrote in here, no bedsy with a sad face. You know he's capping hard on that one. Uh, Miles was actually sitting there like he's a, a freaking evil genius, like he's like Ben Shapiro twiddling his fingers together. Um, but uh, Calvin McCard is bit is between the pipes tonight. Uh, and uh, here's a summary of the first period. Two teams played hockey and attempted to score goals. Neither were successful. The Oilers shot seven times and the Blackhawks shot seven times. Connor McDavid took a holding penalty. Bad boy. Jason Dickinson also took a penalty on that same play. They held each other. Very cute. A uh, little four-on-four action. Nick Foligno took a trip penalty that bled into the second period. Naughty, naughty, naughty. So just a, a couple of guys getting up to a little bit of roughhousing, okay? Nothing to see here. Second period, though. Connor McDavid. A power play. You know the rest. One nothing Oilers. Nugent Dry Apple. So fresh and so, so clean. That would be it for scoring in the third. Again, the team's tied in shots and goal at 12. Vinny D took a penalty late in the second that resulted in a penalty shot, but Cal picks turn it aside. Uh, Miles wrote a cool face emoji. Is that the one that's like kind of like a smirk one? The one that you do like when you're like a single guy and you're talking to like a, like a, like a cute girl? You do the, like one of those ones? Okay, well, that's going to come up uh, as evidence when we do the mailbag. But no, that was supposed to be <laughs> the sun, the sunglasses emoji. That's the cool oh, face emoji. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry, that's the cool one. Okay. Uh, third period, and uh, as the Oilers have of late, they came alive when it mattered most. Children's author, Zachary Martin Hyman, would score his 29th Suck on that, Leaf fans. He's going to be at 30 shortly. At the 634 mark, assist to McDavo and Dry. After establishing and maintaining that two-goal lead, the Oilers would pot an empty netter to seal it. Connor McDavid sliding home his second of the night. Third point. You know how it goes. Leon assisted. It's his third point of the night. Just a clean little game from the good guys in blue. Shots finished 34-27 to in favor of the Oilers. Oilers went one for one on the power play and didn't take a penalty <laughs> over the course of the game. Didn't take a penalty over the course. Oh, yeah, because I guess it was just evened out. So they didn't uh, They didn't have any PK time. Yeah, and Vinny D's... Um penalty or infraction oh, resulted yeah. in a penalty shot so it wow. doesn't count clean wow. sheet uh oilers won 58 percent of the draws calvin pickard obviously the star of the game making all 27 saves for his fifth career shutout i don't know if he's taking a look at uh, calvin picard's numbers he's looking pretty good are you saying picard is a bit it's pickard right uh yeah i i am i i, I was kind of un- mispronouncing it but i know it's pickard but i okay. have been saying picard because i've been thinking of picard from star trek lately i was so, expecting to get i slapped. sound like a fucking nerd right now <laughs> no dude i was expecting to get slapped on the pp there for being like uh, are you saying it wrong and then you're like no because i have such a great history of mispronouncing players last names so i was genuinely <laughs> asking for uh, the betterment of myself as a podcaster, but are you are you saying that I'm the butt actually guy? Mm, I no, am a little bit. It's okay. You're the you're the now here's a guy guy. You're on the Chris Collinsworth diet. Honestly, Collinsworth sick. <laughs> Collinsworth, other than yeah, um, have you Slide seen his? In. Yeah, do, have you seen his interviews though? Of like when he was a player. Yeah, he's got he's got. I don't know if he's. I want to say he's got a little bit of swag, but maybe a little, little too much swag. A little bit of problematic 80s swag. Um, I will That's send the you, best way to put it, yeah. Yeah, there we yeah. go. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, clean game against the Hawks. I mean, shout out Calvin Pickard. Uh, big game. He's making a case for Oilers not having to look for a backup goalie. Um, good for him. I'm happy for him. I'm not sold, but I'm happy for him. Uh, do you want a quick? Uh, do you want a quick summary of uh, of uh, Calvin Pickard's stats on the season so far? Yes, sir. Um, started eight games or played in eight games. Uh, he currently is sporting a five two and zero record with a two thirty four GAA and a nine fifteen save percentage. Which, by the way, both of those would be well, actually, technically not because uh, he had a. Those would be the best markers of his career since the fourteen fifteen season with the Colorado Avalanche. And two shotties this year? Uh, one. one. This was his first one of the season. Good for him. Shout two out pims, to Two pims on the season. Two pims? Two pims. What a fucking guy. Eh? Fucking rat. You might call him a worm. Speaking of worms. Oh, yeah, oh, nice. Oh. Thank you for setting me up for that. Tap that in. Um, we're going back to January 27th, a game that we have called the warm welcome. W-O-R-M. Welcome. 4-1 win versus the Nashville Predators. Now, Nolan, do you remember being a kid when you were like nine or 10 and you were hinting hard as fuck that you wanted a specific toy oh, for yeah. Christmas? And then magically, you know, a box that was that exact size was under the tree. Well, we we get the adult version of that as newly signed winger Corey Perry, a.k.a. the worm, a.k.a. the pest, a.k.a. CP90 makes his Oilers debut. Last time the Oilers played the Preds at home in a matinee, the Preds absolutely caved them in five to two on November 9th. That That feels like a lifetime ago. (laughs) And that feels like a whole team ago as the Oilers are eyeing up 16 in a row. Stu versus Kevin Lankinen. What a oh beautiful day for a game. First period, Jeremy Lazan takes a holding penalty. And uh, if you put the Oilers on the power play, you're going to have a bad time. And this bad time comes in the form of a baby-faced assassin. Ryan Nugent Hopkins puts one home. McDavalini and Dreisaitl get the assist. one nothing Oilers. That would be all for the first period as shots finished 7-6. Again, one nothing Oilers. Second period, Leon Dreisaitl says, give me that, and scores his 23rd of the year. This is a power play goal as well. And Nolan, we get the band back together from the first period as McDavid and Nuge get the assists. 2 nothing Oilers. Now, when I say we're getting the band back together, I haven't forgot about the roadie. Who took the penalty to put the Oilers on said power play? It was none other than Jeremy Lazan. LOL. Have a seat at the end of the bench, kid. It is not your night. Third period, McDavid scores. Boom. 3 nothing Oilers. Ekholm and Boosh. So fucked. Um, they get the assists on that one. Uh, I was, uh, around this time, I started making pitas for supper because I felt like the Oilers had it on lock. Uh-oh. Shut up, pita idiot. Colton Sisson says as he puts one past Skinner to ruin the shutout bid. Thanks a lot, Mike. And it's 3-1 Oilers. However, the Oilers would stay composed and mature as Book Boy, also known as the children's author, Zachary Martin-Hyman, takes advantage of an early empty net opportunity and gets his 30th of the year. Assists to Dry and McDavo. 4-1 Oilers final. Play Sweet 16 by Hillary Duff, and then you can play La Bamba. Oilers finished the shots 29 to 21. Sorry, I'm wrong. Preds finished the shots 29, 21 out shooting the Oilers. Oilers went two for three on the power play and killed all three penalties. They took to stay perfect on the PK Preds won 57% of the draws who gives a care 
Brick wall, Stuart Skinner stopped 28 of 29 shots for a point, uh, nine, six, six save percentage. Shout out to the skin dog. Shout out to the Oilers. Have fun on your bye week before the all-star break. We will definitely miss you all. Good game. So, it was a good game. And I will say, uh, this was the second time this season, Miles, that I was at a Mexican restaurant and got to watch the Oilers game. Best case of your life. It's so good. Um, <laughs> it I, I, tastes I, so much better when they're getting a win. Oh my god! In this case, it was so good too, and the salsa was so good. I, I wasn't, I wasn't big, I wasn't big on the, um, on on the empanada itself, but overall, just a, just a just a terrific experience. So is that is that the order when you go to a when you go to a, Sakin Mar? A I kind of I kind of change it up. I change it up. I'll, I'll sometimes do like a chimichanga. I'll sometimes do a. I'll sometimes do an empanada. Um, sometimes if there's just like a loaded burrito, I'll get like a loaded burrito. Because I mean, if you get a burrito at like a really good Mexican restaurant, people, oh, it's not it's not no fucking uh, fat bastard burrito or bar burrito or whatever the hell you go to. No free ads though. Yeah, yeah, no free ads to those guys. Um, yeah, it's it's the best. And then he, and then he, I got a I got a really nice Corona with it. Tastes so good with a good lime in it. You know, just, I've been I've been food. I've been dabbling in Modelo's. Oh yeah, a little, yeah. Snub, a little snub nose action. Yeah, they're tasty too. Yeah, they will sneak up on nice. you. They'll sneak up on you. They're gonna bite you. There's a snake in my boot. I I always love when you talk about like like a like a really good like mixed cocktail or something like that. You're like, oh, that's good. That'll sneak up on you. <laughs> yeah, you have one or two of those, and you stand up at the table, and your legs don't work. <laughs> Dude, that was me at Nickelback. I was just being fed margaritas. Margaritas at Nickelback. It was before Nickelback. I was um, gonna say, dude, if so, you're drinking, if you're drinking Margs at Nickelback, I'm amazed you didn't go to jail. Uh, no, uh, at Nickelback, I had probably six margaritas before we got on the bus to go. Give me and then, one margarita. I'm not even joking, Miles. I blacked out when we got to the venue, and I had to basically just like walk around and find myself. And then I eventually, like, I said to Taylor, I'm like, listen, I need some food. Give me some food, and I think um, when I have a poutine or something like that, or no, I had like a chicken. What the fuck did I have? Oh my god, I feel like I told this story pretty recently. Um, but I, I I got some food. I chugged like four bottles of water, and I was like back ready to go. Give me another beer. So Good. I drank twisted teas. <laughs> Get a little twisted, like a pretzel. All right, um, Miles. Shall we take a look at the Oilers shit? We're yeah. flowing. Things are flowing so Things are rocking. Today. Things are rolling. Yeah. So give, give me that give me that 10,000 foot overview of the Oilers 16 game winning oh, streak. Oh, it's me the Czar coming in. Uh a quick look at this streak here. Uh-oh, it's time for an ad read. Looking for a super offer off for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Super Bowl 58's obviously coming up. Maybe you might be looking at a couple of um might be looking at a couple of little wagers, you know, a couple same game parlays available. You can get the Club 50, which includes Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Debo Samuel, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Rasheed Rice to all have 50 plus yards. That's 700. A few people have wagered on that. Uh, or how about the uh, the Taylor Swift inspired Karma is the guy on the Chiefs, which uh, involves Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. Travis Kelsey 80 plus yards, over six and a half receptions for him. 
race to 10 points for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Chiefs to win Super Bowl 58, which is at 11, plus 1,100. That's not bad. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 877-897-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Over the last 16 games, Oilers have obviously gone 16-0-0 for 32 points. That leads the National Hockey League, as you can probably check. I didn't even check who is in second because who cares. Um, along with this, some fancy numbers at 5-on-5. Five 55.7 shots, 4 percentage. That is second in the NHL, most notably 10th in shots for and second in shots against. So this team is quite literally playing the opposite of their identity, which is really cool. This is great stuff to see. Uh, a 68.25 goals for percentage, which is first in the NHL, so they are absolutely outscoring the opponents uh, at nearly two to one, or uh, not two to one, but you, you you get what I mean. At a pretty large clip, um, and then uh, their expected goals for number, they currently have a 59 point, sorry, 55.96 expected goals for percentage. That is fifth in the NHL, and a 57.28 high danger chances for percentage, third in the NHL. And Miles, most notably, and I have to say, might be the MVP of the 16 games, Stuart Skinner. 12-0-0 with a 9.50 save percentage, a 1.41 GAA, 15.89 goals saved above expected. By the way, all these 5-on-5 numbers are coming via natural stat trick. Uh, And that all is first in the National Hockey League, Miles. So we have a premier goaltender over this 16-game win streak. I swear to God, knock on that wood behind you before I jump through the before I jump through the webcam. There you go. Things are looking really good, and it looks like Stu has maybe got his groove back a little bit. At the end of the day, this Stu does not need to be Connor Hellebuck. It definitely helps. But he just needs to be a competent NHL goaltender. The, the job we wanted Jack Campbell to be. And the team is showing they're willing to change up their style a little bit. And stylistically, like from an eye test standpoint, at least I've noticed, this team plays so much faster. And it's, it's a combination between guys just buying in like like the forwards buying in, but also the defensemen being allowed to make more plays. Like how many times do we see Vinny DeHarnay toss it off the boards and instead now it looks like he's actually, you know, chucking it out and trying to make somewhat of a play out of it. Like does that like like am I am I noticing things or am I am I crazy? Vinny D has been probably my favorite surprise of the year for the Oilers. The mm-hmm. the, the leap he's taken like as a skater, um, because he was a little bit of a Bambi last year. Um, skating looks like he worked on that in the off season. That's really helped. And I think that that's given him more time to like keep his head up. And as you were saying, make an actual outlet pass instead of just chucking it off the boards and hoping for the best. 
uh, being a better skater, better puck control gives him a little bit more time to make that pass more accurate, get it out and set the boys up. So yeah, the transition game's working really well, but it's definitely coming. I think from the crease out, uh, they, yeah. they're playing with a lot of confidence in their goaltenders. Um, not even just skin, like he's been great, but I mean, the fact that you can have Calvin Pickard in there and, and throw a shutout. I mean, I know we did play against the Blackhawks, but, um, would you say nine fifteen save percentage he's had over yeah, the season? He's been great. And that, mean, that's two games against the Devils in there. <laughs> that's got to be above. If that's got to be at or above league average, that for is crushing. So, league, league, I think league average is like nine oh three. So perfect. I mean, yeah. if they can keep riding that, uh, it's going to be a really fun back half of the season, and has been so far. So as we've knocked on wood, uh, we'll keep knocking on wood. Um, I didn't put this in the rundown or the notes here. Um, any just off just off the dome. Um. Any potential things you look at as maybe weaknesses or might want to add to the team? Well, I don't know if it's a weakness as much as it's um, like a exciting opportunity, but that new new Corey Perry and how that's going to affect the lines. I haven't loved that. It looks like I think the past two games, Noblaz had um, Dreisaitl and McDavid yeah. reunited, mm-hmm. and that always scares me. I feel like that's just a... Um, a bad omen from an Oilers coach whenever they're throwing the two of them together. I'd like to see them spread the lines out a little bit yeah. more evenly. And I think Corey Perry being there will help them do that. Um, fingers crossed. So Knob, he's been great. We've been happy with him. Um, obviously, right? He's been fucking fantastic. Um, but now with the all-star break and the the week off, hopefully they can take some time to set these lines up a little bit more advantageously and uh, spread that out throughout uh, all four of them. That's what mm-hmm. I'm hoping for. I, I'm, I've, it's been very hard, uh, not to still perk my eyebrows up at, at a, at a nurse CC pairing and <laughs> ask for maybe a little bit more. Um, luckily, uh, Eckholm and Bouchard have been, have been terrific. Um, I, I still, I think this team just one more, one more thing, one more mm-hmm. thing. One and whether piece. it's. Whether it's a top six forward to push Warren Fogle down and to just like bring everything all together, like it's a big puzzle piece, or changing out that partner to play with Nurse. There's either one of those. Either one of those, I think I would be like pretty well bang on. Let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Getting close though, getting incredibly close. And I, I, Corey Perry didn't score. He didn't have any points in this in this game, but you definitely noticed him on the ice. And oh yeah, he, he he looks like he's got some game. He was buzzing in the first period. Yeah. There was a couple of cycles that they had in the pred zone where I was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, you know, bad puck luck, a bounce here, whatever. Yeah. Um, that first Corey Perry goal is going to hit like a fucking symbol, though. It's going to be fantastic. Dude, I can't believe how good Dylan Holloway has looked. Yeah. Um, has he it's... been playing center the whole time? It's either center or wing. Um, in the game against in the game against the Preds, he did play the wing. Uh, with Ryan McLeod playing center. I mean, both of them, I think, can kind of. They're pretty, not ambidextrous, but like they're pretty uh, malleable, where they can kind of play throughout the lineup. So I mean, they might just take turns and sort of which position they're playing off of, because they can both play that sort of left wing center sort of role. Um, yeah, man, I I love love how Ryan or how Dylan Holloway has been playing. And uh, speaking of Ryan McLeod, what a segue set myself up this week on uh, Nolan takes a look at an Edmonton Oiler or 
one of us takes a look at an Edmonton Oiler or somebody in the organization and gives them a little bit of props. Let's take a look at Ryan McLeod. Um, Ryan McLeod, obviously, um, if you haven't heard the news, uh, a guy that could use a little bit of positivity right now um, because I think I, th- I think he definitely needs it. Uh, and after the amount of shit that Ryan McLeod took for the beginning of the season where he shot 3% through his first two months, uh, he has been scorching hot this winning streak. Over the last 16 games, Ryan McLeod has seven goals and five assists for 12 points. Now, that would be a great number for anybody. However, um, this has him tied for 15th in the NHL, and this comes exclusively at five-on-five, where Ryan McLeod has had a very difficult task of being used as like a Swiss Army knife, moved up and down the lineup, playing left wing, center, whatever, third, fourth line, second line. He's been all over the place, um, playing 215-58 at all strengths over, over this stretch. So that's like a 14-minute-a-game sort of average. Um, and he, But he's just he's playing incredibly well wherever they put him throughout the lineup. They're, he's creating something. He's playing well defensively. He's... I, I, I just talked about malleability. He has been that malleable player for this team and has been, um, I, I think he's probably been Chris Knobloch's favorite toy that he's gotten to use thus far. Um, and he's also sporting for the, for the, for the fancy stats, uh, a 58.12 expected goals for percentage. And uh, I mean, he just hasn't had very much consistency around him over these 16 games and he's making the best out of it. So shout out Clowder. Um, we love you. And I, I, I'm really going to hate when they're going to have to re-sign you again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's going to be commanding a little bit of a raise too. I'm sure. Um, He was my pick at the beginning of the year for the Oilers breakout player. So I'm very happy that after uh, a shitty two months of the season, he's rebounded the way that he has. And um, all you need is for him to get hot at the right time. I mean, three, he's shooting at 3% for the first two months. I don't think that that's indicative on the type of player he is. That's that's bad luck, and it it seems like uh, the horseshoe has found its way, and uh, he's back. So shout out, shout out to Ryan McLeod. Um, also, I think I said malleable many times. I don't know if malleable is the best word. I should have said more versatile. <laughs> no, malleable, versatile, man, it works. All right. Well, thank you. I hopefully, I, hopefully, I, I don't. I don't get corrected by one of our loving fans. Um, Alex. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Miles. Should we play or, a little game quickly? Oh, I love I love games. So last week you had me do a blind ranking. Mm-hmm. So I want to do a blind ranking for you. Okay. And this one, if anybody doesn't know, it's February first, Thursday, February February first, and uh, the NHL just had their All Star Fantasy Draft. Did you watch a second of that? I did not just the way that work was. And when I got home and whatnot, I didn't have a chance to see it. I saw though that Leon and Connor drafted Nick Suzuki <laughs> and that's, uh, that's, that's karma at its best, isn't it? Um, I did not because I don't have sports in it plus. And also, uh, I, I'm glad I didn't because it looked horrible <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, apparently it was cr- quite awkward and, um, who would have thought that uh, guys from 10 years ago had a lot more personality than our stars of today? Hokey boy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's a little bit rough. But, and I, I said this before, man. Why don't they just let these guys drink and do it in like a closed setting? Let these guys get hammered and do their fantasy draft. <laughs> Does that not sound way more fun? Everything's more fun when you add a couple drinks. Court. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Miles. I'm going to give you five. Let me do this again. Blind rank these five NHL All-Stars. Okay? You ready? Okay. Yeah. Quinn Hughes. Four. Okay. I'm a Sid- Quinn Hughes hater. That's not news. Sidney Crosby. Three. All right. Travis Konechny. Shit. <laughs> I feel like I just played myself. Um, oh, five. I'm going to hate this, aren't I? Connor Hellebuck. Two. Frank Vitrano. No, no, it was so good. It was so good until then. Yeah, uh, Frank Vitrano, number one. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, not bad though. Not bad. Not bad at all. I, I um, definitely, I definitely let my Quinn Hughes bias screw that list up. Uh, <laughs> Miles, if you were going to. If you were going to actually rank them, how how would you rank them? Um, Quinn Hughes. No. Okay. Shit. Um, if I was going to do it actually factually, I'd probably do for this season. You can do like, you can do like career plus the season influenced. Okay. Then I'll do Crosby one. Mm-hmm. I'll do Hellebuck two. Mm-hmm. Um, Hughes three, Konechny four, and uh, Vetrano five. Actually, Vetrano six, Tate McRae five. <laughs> Vetrano one hundred. You're not even on. The, sorry, one hundred one. You're not even on the NHL one hundred. No, I'm 100 so list. sorry, Frank Vetrano. I, I bet your mom makes a mean cannoli, but you're uh, you're not it. It's going to be so funny when he's an Edmonton Oiler and we're looking back on this with so much humor. And I'm beating the Frank Vetrano drum. As he scores 17 goals in the playoffs, as the Game Oilers seven win the Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup winner, Frank Petrano, oh building a God. statue outside of my house for him. And then he gets paid seven times seven by the fucking Buffalo Sabres this offseason. <laughs> Chicago. Oh, yeah, the Blackhawks. Oh, yeah, the they're, handing, they're handing out contracts to everybody. Yeah, I'm here. I'm getting one from the Hawks. I've, I've been ta- <laughs> my folks have been talking to them. My people have been talking to them. Um. Anyways, Miles. NHL, NHL shit. shit. NHL shit. NHL shit. You can take the lead here because um, okay. there's a lot of names I don't think I can do. Oh, you're telling me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the biggest news in hockey. Oh, well, shit. Let me redo that. Um, <laughs> the biggest, the uh, biggest news coming out of the uh, trade market lately. The Vancouver Canucks acquire forward Elias Lindholm. The Flames, they finally did it. The Calgary Flames traded forward Elias Lindholm with no money retained to the Vancouver Canucks for forward Andre Kuzmenko, D prospect Yoni Yermo, D prospect Hunter B. Uh, we're just going to call him that. I, I just, I'm sorry. I don't want to butcher the guy's last name. I, I could probably look it up and then I eventually get it correctly. A 2024 first rounder, a conditional fourth, which turns into a third if the Canucks make it to the Western Conference Final, which obviously won't happen because they're going to be they're going to be beat by the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. Um, 
Lindholm currently has nine goals, 32 points in 49 games, including, I think, like one goal in his last 20-something. Um, with that being said, looks like he should fit pretty well in the Canucks as either like a complimentary piece to someone like Pedersen or run a second line with someone like Nils Hoglander. Um, once again, a, a player, we I already said this word, uh, uh, malleability or versatility, a very versatile player that you can plug into your top six. Miles, what are your thoughts? Well, my first Canucks acquiring Elias Lindholm. My first thought, as as any reasonable, rational person would be, is what patch is Lindholm going to wear at the All Star game now? Because he's also an All Star, right? He is. He is. The Canucks have six All Stars now. The Canucks love trading All Star players at the deadline, either for or or out. So uh, in our in our friend group chat, we were talking about this because you know Flames fan Dill, obviously big Flames fan guy, um, and he was like, you know, boys are asking what patches you gonna wear now. What's, what's gonna happen? And and uh, Flames fan Dill's like, I believe John Scott had a similar situation, and he wore his original team. And I'm like, really? That's the first name that comes to your mind is John Scott, not <laughs> Bo Horvat last year who got traded to the Islanders before the All-Star break. He wore a Canucks patch. So I would imagine Lindholm's going to be wearing a Flames patch for this, right? Yeah, I actually, I th- didn't John Scott wear a friggin' NHL patch? I think he just wore an NHL one. Well, I mean, All-Star MVP, he should be representing the league. Any hoosers, <laughs> uh, looking at the trade Overall, um, I think this is probably a dub for the Flames. Yeah. Um, getting the prospects that they're getting, moving on from Lindholm, freeing up that cap space. Uh, the first rounder and the conditional, uh, this is definitely Craig Conroy W, in my opinion. But I think it'll work well for the for the Canucks as well. Uh, obviously sucks losing Kuzmenko uh, for them. But uh, at the end of the day, they're getting some veteran leadership. They're getting a guy that can play up and down in that lineup and help them out wherever they put him in. Like if he's going to be a shutdown guy or if he's going to be uh, a driver, they got it. So um, I know you said first round, they're going to lose to the Oilers, but uh, maybe second. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think that they're yeah. going to be the the one three or the, I, yeah, or the one I, four. Sorry. I messed up on that one. I, I do. I do wholeheartedly agree with you. It's that's going to be a great time. Actually, man. Are the Canucks even going to make it past like the Kings? Um, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as a fan of a team who's played the Kings yeah. twice in the first round, uh, and one of them go to seven, one of them go to six. I just hope we make it out of the first round. Yeah, I, I don't just want to just make the playoffs first. I just want to make the playoffs first. You that, don't feel that, good till you got that X, right? Exactly. You got it, Miles. And you know what, Miles? I don't feel good until Connor McDavid is hoisting that Stanley Cup above his head. I, I won't feel good. I'll feel great. If that happens, when that happens, you tell me. Um. Anyways, uh. Yeah, I I like the fit for both teams. I think, um, I do think the Canucks. Um, now I, I don't know. Like I think we 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 at times kind of get a little bit caught up in like points and stuff like that, and don't actually look at how a guy plays. Um, how a guy plays as an actual defenseman in in the National Hockey League. Um, but. I do really like this trade for the Flames. This is a pending UFA, and they got Andre Kuzmenko, who they could easily flip. This guy, I mean, he's I think he's shooting terribly. He did shoot like 27% last year, so naturally 40 goals was not going to happen again for uh, for Kuzmenko. But even if he's like a 60-point player, that's a guy you can you can 
you know, retain half on at the deadline next year and get like a maybe a first round pick for him if he's playing like top line role on the Flames. I think that's a pretty good deal by uh, by uh, uh, Craig Conroy. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious, I think Yoni Yermo is just kind of a throw in prospect, but Hunter B, uh, Hunter. Yeah, no, I'm not going to try. Yeah, you got it. No, no, not Hunter Biden. <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what's on this Hunter's laptop, hey? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, he's obviously if you haven't heard much about him, Flames Twitter keeps on you know ranting and raving about this guy. Uh, he currently has, I believe, he's on pace for like 98 points this season. Yeah, he's got 69 points, sick, uh, in 47 oh. games in the OHL this year for the. Kitchener Rangers, uh, putting him on pace for 98 points in 67 games. I mean, that's a player that looks like he's going to be an absolute dynamic offensive star. So that's great to see. And I think that's just a nice piece for the Flames going forward. Even if he doesn't pan out the way that you want, even if that's like a third pairing defenseman that's really good offensively, even if he's Tyson Berry, that's a win for the Flames. So I like this move for Kai Conroy. Good, yeah. good by him. I think this is one where both fan bases are going to be like, aha, look yeah. at us. Yeah. So. And also no retention too. So That's huge, the fl- yeah. Flames still have three retention spots and they could move guys like Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, as well as Jacob Markstrom. You know, Conroy, if you want to chuck Tanev our way, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be out on that. Well, dude, that Tanev nurse pairing would be problematic <laughs> in a good way. Like yeah. that would be, that would be yummy. Yummy, be yummy. Some, some sexy stuff. You know, Tanev, eight, eight is available for you. you can uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Kyle, Kyle Turris is former number. <laughs> Oilers legend. Yeah. Um, Nolan, speaking of defensemen, uh, PK Subban is going RG3 mode. In a recent interview, he said that he left, quote, probably four or five years on the table in terms of when he retired. Um, Nolan, get some fancies ready here, but the eye test-wise, this guy was <laughs> cooked, in my opinion. Um, retiring when he did saved an already dwindling reputation. Sorry, PK, I love what you did in your prime. I uh, enjoy you speaking up against oppression in hockey, but you um, were not nice with it anymore. I don't... Four, four or five years left on the table is generous uh it absolutely is generous now his numbers actually took a bit of a climb back up in his last season with the devils like he was really bad in his in his first i did he play three seasons with the devils or two i think he only played two but he had a really bad first season with the devils and it looked like he got a little bit better in the second one um yeah but was that boosted by dougie probably i mean he didn't play with dougie but you know, he he would have, but he was in that first part of that like analytics boom that the uh, that the Devils had. And PK, hate to break it to you, uh, but that year after your last year, uh, the 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 Devils picked second. So uh, not really a, a not really a, a good barometer of the success that the New Jersey Devils had with you on the ice. Um, mm. Man, that's not even the worst part about PK. Have you seen his like comments on how the Oilers play? No, is he a hater? Oh, hard hater. He's basically, so I don't, it, you probably haven't seen it, but it's, it's been going around on Twitter the last little while, but basically he's been going off about how, um, you know, the reason why the oiler, he went, he went on McAfee show and was talking about how the Oilers, the reason why they had won, you know, so many games straight is because Connor McDavid is putting the team on his back and that they just play high octane offense. And that's all they do. It's like, my brother in Christ, they haven't allowed more than two goals in like 13 games. What are you yeah, talking that's, about? That's kind of a caveman take. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, and it's, it, the worst part is, is that you literally 
just need to watch the fucking games. Like, and you'll learn everything. And it's like, man, if you're an NHL, if you're like an NHL analyst for ESPN or Kuma, I think he works for ESPN. If you're a guy that like has to be counted on to give his analysis on the game, you should know a little bit more about these teams and be paying attention because um, the Edmonton Oilers are currently one of the biggest stories in hockey right now. Like they are on the verge of tying and then potentially breaking the streak for most games one in a row. Like that's crazy. So, I knocked on wood. Get your shit. Yeah. Get your shit straight, PK. Speaking, Miles, of, getting, speaking of getting your shit yeah. straight. An NHL player poll came out today. Least favorite road city to play in. Now, these are per the athletic. I think they polled about 180 NHL players for this. Um, surprising, I will say. Surprising, and not, but also not surprising. We'll start at the top. Um, Winnipeg won, if you can call it winning, 41%. Ottawa came in second, if you can call it second, at about 12%. Buffalo came in at third, 11 Raleigh, North Carolina at 7 uh, Tempe or Tempe Phoenix uh, came in there at fifth for around seven percent as well. Next up was Calgary at That's five. Surprising, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, after Calgary was other, so that would have been a mix of of various teams uh, coming together at four. After that is Columbus at three, Edmonton at two, San Jose at two, Newark, New Jersey at one and a half, and then Saint Paul. Uh, Elmont, New York, Detroit, Anaheim, all at 1.13. The main thing I wanted to highlight here, Nolan, for all of our Calgary truthers, Mm -hmm. for all the people that listen that think that partying in Calgary is so sick. um, The NHL players disagree with you, and they think that Edmonton is sicker. So for every Albertan that calls it Edmonton, I give you two middle fingers, respectfully. (laughs) I always think of that that one tweet. Who's it from? taco bella and she's like uh guys move to calgary and act like they just moved to los angeles or just like they act like they just moved to california or something like that it's uh, valid i yeah. will say because i can already feel the the hate from the city of calgary coming my way i imagine that a large portion of that is due to the arena oh absolutely like yeah. if you're playing at the taj mahal in rogers versus the you know the super eight the super eight yeah <laughs> with fucking blood stains on the sheet in calgary um that's probably gonna sway the numbers a little bit so i should uh i should put a little bit of respect on calgary especially as someone who has never had a night out in calgary dog you have to walk on like a wooden bridge to get to the press box yeah like you're taking your life into your own hands you're ten thousand <laughs> feet above the ice you just sign a waiver to walk into the press box <laughs> Oh boy. Here you go, Elliot. <laughs> um, um I okay. believe you had some player poll as well. Is this okay. the point where you wanted so, to chuck it in? Yeah, so the athletic uh the athletics Daniel Nugent Bowman, and I'm not gonna read the entire article, I'm just gonna go over the polls themselves. Um so please subscribe to the athletic people. It's great. No free ads, they're not paying us to say this. I love the athletic. Um specifically for things like this so it's daniel Nugent- stack guy website the like eh? yeah big big dork website um daniel nugent bowman uh, published his own article and it was the 23 24 player poll for the edmonton oilers okay miles are you ready for this i'm so ready okay who has the most bizarre or unique piece of equipment is this cheating to say Connor mcdavid because of his holy socks 
you would be absolutely correct. He has fifty three percent of the votes. Yeah, yeah, out of fifteen out of fifteen players. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, in second is no answer with thirteen yeah, percent. Straight up, McDavid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's there's that one. Um, oh, <laughs> who's the least likely to pick up the bill at a restaurant? Oh my god. Um. This feels like a trap, um, but I feel like I I want to say it's a young guy, but I'm just gonna go out and say uh, Brett Kulak gives me like stingy, like good home farm boy vibes where he, he's not picking up the check. He left it. He left his wallet in the toolbox. The tracker. <laughs> Brett Kulak is nowhere to be found on this list. Tough, tough luck. Um, the leader with 33 percent of the votes, James Hamblin. Oh, <laughs> the poor man, the poor man. That's not very nice. <laughs> yeah, that's so mean, guys. Um, funnily enough, do you know who actually has six points? I believe this is probably just one vote. Um, a person you would not expect has 6.7% of the votes. Actually, is two guys. Dreisaitl? Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Nuge. And Zachary Martin Hyman. <laughs> I'm not going to say the Hyman thing, but... Uh... Um, but Nuge, Holy I mean, fuck. he's a new dad. He's probably got lots of diapers to buy. So that makes sense. Um, okay. This, this one is, this one's a layup for you. Uh, who's the best dressed? Evander Kane. Yeah. 15% yeah, that's of easy. Votes. And who's in second? Who? Cody CC. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Cody CC nice with it. He's a stylish guy. He's handsome. He's on, he's on that GQ shit. So I could see yeah. him. He's always wearing like. Uh, turtlenecks and like uh, all the way buttoned up uh, polos under under yeah. blazers and stuff. He's he's a good looking guy. He dresses nice. <laughs> uh, Skinner got some love for his hats. Defenseman Brett Kulak got a shout out for his vests. <laughs> for his vests, he's out there in an Ariat vest. <laughs> the last one says, "You're up there for consistency." He told Kulak, "A lot of layers, though. A lot of layers." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just finished feeding cows. Oh, fuck. This one is going to be an, another layup for you. With 80% of the votes, who's most likely to be the last person in the room for a team meeting? Dylan Holloway? No, it's Evander Kane. Oh, okay. I just think back to that story that you told where you were at the same hotel as them and like Holloway, McLeod, and Bush were the sons of anarchy that were like... <laughs> Just it was, everybody's uh, on the bus and they're waiting. It was Fogel. It was Fogel, Bush, oh. and uh, yeah. Fo- no, sorry. No, that's no, that's wrong. It was Yamo, McLeod, and Bush. Yeah, sons of yeah. anarchy. Yeah. Um. Uh, other than the goalies, who's the most likely to get on the ice first for practice? Surprising one. Because the first thing, I, like, feel like it would be like a sicko McDavid or something like that. Where he's, he's in second. He all is in the second. time. Yeah. Most likely to be out on the ice first, aside from the goalies. Um, I'm gonna say dry. James Hamblin. Hamblin, okay, Hamblin. he's our, he's out there. Yep. Uh, oh, Literally. this one's another layup. Who spends the most time on his phone? Evander Kane. Uh, easy. Yeah. Thirty-six point seven percent. Get off your phone and go to the meeting, Evander. <laughs> he's probably he's probably tweeting hate at himself. <laughs> on his burner yeah um oh and in second place leon dreisaitl okay um who is the most feared player at the card table 
at the card table. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, like I know you have the answers in front of you, but like, who would you even guess? Um, I'd guess one of the older guys. I yeah. probably would have said like Derek Ryan. <laughs> is that who it is? No. Um, Nuge. With 43% of the votes, Matthias Eckholm. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's a good pick. Hyman in second. Uh, who's got... Okay, and the final one, who's got the best hockey smile? This one's easy. Oh, Clowder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a layup. Um, that's can a you, dunk. Can you guess who's in Who's in uh, tied for second? Tied for second? Vinny D? Vinny D's one of them. The other one I don't think you'll get because it's not really a hockey smile. Um, Derek Ryan, Zachary Martin Hyman. Nah, uh, he's got a good smile though. He's got a great smile. Oh, sorry, sorry. We've got a couple more, which oh, is which good. is fun. I'm not um, mad about that. This is yeah. this is fun. Uh, okay. Um, who's the most likely to, to Who's the most likely to hit harder than you'd want in practice? This one's shocking. <laughs> I want to say Dr. because of the Carhartt aspect <laughs> to it, but who do I feel like goes demon mode at practice? Um. CC. CC's nowhere to be found on this list. Actually, yeah, leading soft. the way, 36, 36.7% of the vote, Warren Fogle. Oh, the Fog Daddy. I like that. It says here, two power forward types lead the way. Excuse me? I love Warren Fogle, but I don't think power forward should be anywhere near him. Uh, and second place is obviously Evander Kane. Cool. Thanks for injuring your teammates, buddy. Um, who's got the best sense of humor? No, Connor McDavid. Best sense of humor. Yeah. These all feel like they could be Kane now. Maybe I'm just in my own head. No, who, it's not. Don't worry. Um, who's funny? I mean, to be, be an author, you have to be creative. You have to be funny. So it could be a sneaky ZMH. Um, Holloway? Nope. Always funny. Uh, Ryan McLeod. Louder. Okay, yeah, I could yeah. see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that is the end of the list. Um, it also says Nugent Hopkins has a reputation for coming out of nowhere, delivering a one-liner and going on his way. <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, that's rock star behavior. And the term did rock star gets thrown around a lot these days. <laughs> did you see the? Uh, did you see the clip that that's been going around from uh, the Oilers plus Connor thing? Bowl? Yeah, yeah. His pronunciation of that is so funny. <laughs> He's like Connor versus Con- It's the Connor Bowl, <laughs> not to be outdone by the Hughes Bowl. <laughs> you can tell that that that's one that connor like thought of off the cuff and then he was probably just sitting around like smiling looking like waiting for guys to be like good one connor that's really funny man oh man i love him he's he like i would just love to see connor mcdavid with a couple drinks into him did you see his interview i think it was after the preds game um where he was talking to gene at the end of the game and they were talking about the streak and like bouncing back and he's like, he's like, people have been saying mean stuff about yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> people, people are saying mean stuff about us. Mean stuff is funny. Mean stuff is really funny. <laughs> he was probably thinking like adversity, right? But just, yeah. you just finished playing a game. You're probably tired and mean stuff comes mean to stuff mind. Like you're a out. nine-year-old. <laughs> I think of a guy like Ryan Hartman. He's pretty mean. Yeah, just say Mark's all the mean stuff. Mark Spector, pretty mean. <laughs> Spec, can I talk to you for a second about the mean stuff you've been saying? Dude, Mark Spector is just polishing, polishing the 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 uh shining remnants of the Edmonton Oilers right now. 
he is like he's sucking that trailer hitch dry all the chrome's coming right off of it yeah he definitely takes his press pass to the bar oh yeah he's Eats like three drinks it's like hi there can i get a stella please <laughs> yeah he would drink a stella oh yeah he's a hard stella drinker something that's been sitting in the back of the fridge at like yeah. a dive bar for years and then he yeah like, how, how is everything here uh kind of skunky don't think i'm paying for this <laughs> don't no. uh, don't love it <laughs> No, he's he's gonna he's gonna go out he's gonna go out to dinner with like a with like an up and coming uh, with like an up and coming journalist who who wants to ask some questions so that they can get into the business, and uh, you know clearly up and coming young guy struggling probably doesn't have very much money. Guy sits down. Uh, yeah, can I get a pint of uh, can I get a pint of Molson? And then they're like, and for you, sir. Uh, yeah, can I uh, yeah can I get a pint of Stella, please? It's like a seventeen dollar fucking beer. Yeah. And an order of garlic steak bites. <laughs> By the way, you're picking this up, eh? Um, speaking of guys that, uh, are probably not picking up the bill anytime soon. Uh, uh, maybe he's got a lot of money. You've seen the Netflix show. Somebody feed Phil, right? (laughs) No, bad time. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's this guy and it's, it's a somebody feed Phil and he goes around and he eats local food cuisine. And that's where I got the title for this part. Somebody sign Phil. Phil Kessel's camp was speak to speaking to Pierre Lebrun, and it sounds like he's been talking to a few teams in hopes to sign somewhere for a playoff run before the March 8th deadline. Uh, with Parisi and Perry getting contracts, it has him fired up. Uh, his his agent says he's training hard and wants to be ready for the opportunity. I would love to see Phil back in the playoffs. Uh, Nolan in a hundred point in a hundred playoff games, he has thirty four goals and eighty three assists. Oh, and three Stanley Cup rings. I repeat, somebody sign Phil. He only has a third Stanley Cup ring because he hitched his wagon to the Vegas Golden Knights and got in four games in the playoffs last year. Yeah, well, he's got. That's that's one more ring than I got. That's it's very true. Did you know he scored fourteen goals last season? Yeah, he's a pimp. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, dude, I signed Phil. Somebody signed Phil. Phil Kessel needs a. We need Phil Kessel back in the in the spotlight. Who would he fit on? Who would be a team um, that you'd fit on? Fit on? Don't fucking say the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> no, we we are at our capacity for for old men. Um, he's gonna be thirty seven this year. Yeah, He's finally I, gonna look his age. Is Boston gonna bring back Phil <laughs> no. to the band? Can you imagine the 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 Bostonites watching Phil Kessel lug his ass around on the ice? Yeah, and they'd love it. Yeah, would they? I, nah, probably uh, not. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That does this like does this not stink like a like a Chicago or like a San Jose for like a little bit of extra? Hey, come watch Phil Kessel. No, because he's not coming out of retirement to play or not retirement. He's not coming back to not play in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like he's he's going somewhere to get hardware. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm looking through this right now. Boston, no. Buffalo, not making the playoffs. Caleb, let's go over all the playoff teams here. We got Detroit, probably not. He maybe Florida. Florida might be interesting. Uh, Tampa, uh, Tampa would Tampa wouldn't be bad. Um. Man, I I I hate to, I would love to see him back in Toronto. I was gonna yeah, as soon as you said Tampa, my little brain started going and I was like, fuck, could you imagine him back on the loafs for vet men? It sucks that he has a bad relationship with Mike Sullivan because him and Pittsburgh I think would actually make a lot of sense. Um 
Caps, that's oh, that smells like a hard Caps move, eh? No, like, no, I'm not going to the playoffs. I repeat, I think he's only going somewhere that's going to the playoffs. That's like guaranteed for sure going to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I don't know. What man. about it's Dallas? Pretty, Dallas is pretty deep though. That's the they're problem. too quick for Phil, hey? Yeah, I mean Phil's still fa- fast as shit. Like he's he's a quick skater. I mean I don't know how fast he was last year, but um, he's pretty quick. Um, oh, 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 Nashville. <laughs> that feels like a fucking Phil. Phil the Pred. Yes, Phil the Thrill in gold and what gold and silver, silver and gold. Is that what their color would be? White um, navy. Yeah, whatever that stupid jersey design is. Yeah, man, could you now? Not a team that's guaranteed for the playoffs, but they're currently in a playoff position. I could definitely see him on a team where they like are on their way to the playoffs but don't quite make it so either way somebody's got to sign that boy yeah yeah yeah, bring phil back um miles you've got some uh where are they nows here yeah just five little quick follow-ups uh from some 2023 ufas um all of these are good examples by the way we're not looking at anybody who got signed as a ufa and is is stinking up the room positive Um, guy here Positive guy, positive show, Hunter, you know, got to got to keep it 100. Uh, and a guy who's been keeping it 100, Alex Lyon in Detroit. Uh, he signed for two years at 900K a season, uh, and he's been really good. Where did my notes for that go? Did I delete them? Did you? I did. But oh, regardless, okay. he's taken the reins as a starting goalie in Detroit. Um, and I don't think that they were really planning on him. He's been outplaying Huso and uh, James Reimer. Um, which doesn't sound like that big of an accomplishment, but either way, uh, the, the wings have been kind of hot. They've been kind of sneaky, and a big part of that has been Alex Lyon. And I mean, for what's that? I was going to say, would you like his stats? You can fire him off. Um, yeah. And keep in mind, when Nolan reads these stats, he's making 900K. Your starting yeah. goalie is making 900K. I think that contract was an awesome piece of business by Steve Eiserman. Like the fact that he only got 900K after what he did for Florida last year is nuts. Um, Cause right now he currently is a 13, six and two record with a 2.51 GAA and a 922 save percentage. That's fantastic. That's sick. Good That's, job. Good job. Stevie Y shout out Stevie Y. Um, we were just talking about him, but Boston James Van Riemsdyk, uh, former Phil, Pe- Phil Kessel teammate in Boston signed a one year, $1 million contract. He's got 32 points in 45 games his highest point total since 2016, 2017, when he put up 62, we owe him an apology because we shat on James Van Riemsdyk in the preseason rankings. We're like, Oh, Boston. I mean, JVR and Pavel Zaka, how's that going to work for you? And, um, low key JVR kind of nice with it. Yeah. They're making us look like damn fools. It's, it's ridiculous that they are in a president's trophy discussion right now. Death taxes and the Bruins making me, look like an idiot yeah i'm just i'm done betting against them i i'm i'm pretty sure we both picked them to not make the playoffs this year right yeah and we are getting cooked um speaking of getting cooked l plus ratio l plus ratio jonathan druan in colorado signed a one-year eight hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar contract he has 10 goals 28 points and is on pace for 50 points Dude, good for jonathan druan i know that he he was very open about how he struggled with some mental health issues while playing in Montreal, and it's really awesome to see that he's bouncing back. And it looks like he's just having fun playing hockey again. So yeah. that's that's really good to see. 
Oh, I got my swagger back. Good for yeah. you, Jonathan yeah. Duran. Speaking of swagger, oh, Jonathan Quick in New York with the Rangers signed a one-year $825,000 deal. Uh, we've waxed poetically about him before, but he is currently sporting a 10-4-2 record with two shutouts and a 9-16 save percentage. I mean, we were just talking about Alex Lyon and how good he's been. Um, Igor Shosturkin hasn't been playing up to the caliber, Vesna caliber that he's been known for. And uh, Jonathan Quick's picking it up in relief. So Rangers are looking really smart with that investment, getting Johnny Q in the crease. Yeah, man. I've, I mean, it, lo- it looked like he was done last year. Like it looked like he was actually cooked. So the fact that he's putting together the season he's putting together is quite remarkable. Absolutely. And one more for the Rangers, Eric Gustafson for the Rangers, one year, 825,000. He's an offensive defenseman. So keep, let's, let's focus on the offense here, not the defense, but he has 19 assists and 23 points in 48 games. Fucking steal just for the power play abilities here on its own. Uh, Especially when Adam Fox was out early in the season, he was taking over the PP one duties as the, as the defenseman and uh, looks really good for the Rangers, man. Again, two players at, what is that quick maths 1.7 million dollars and you're getting good production out of the two veterans um good good shrewd moves from Chris Drury and co that's what you got to do and that's that's one of the benefits of being the New York Rangers they can sign guys like that to absolutely nothing I mean I I haven't been a huge fan of Blake Wheeler but I mean that's still a player that was making eight million dollars last year uh and is making like 800k this year and he has 20 points in 49 games like Bottom six production for like next to nothing is quite yeah. impressive. That's how you move up the standings. The gosh darn Rangers. Gosh darn Rangers. Speaking of Rangers, <laughs> they're an old couple team. Rangers on here. Yeah, they're an old team. They've had lots of all stars. With the all star weekend taking shape, let's look at the most NHL all star appearances of all time in reverse order, starting at the lowest, which is not very low. Jean Beliveau with 13 appearances, Alex Dalvecchio with 13, Doug Harvey with 13, Maurice Rocket Rashad with 13, Scott Stevens elbowing guys directly in the head, also at 13, Paul Coffey, Oilers legend, 14. An assistant coach. And assistant coach, yeah, we can't uh, can't forget about what the what the seaman's doing. Also, a uh, friend of mine, Mason, uh, good dude. Uh, him and his buddies call getting a coffee a Paul. I pick you up a Paul. <laughs> I think that's just funny. That's very funny. I'm gonna start incorporating that into my yeah, everyday everyday definitely. lingo. Uh, Frank Mahol Mahalovich. Frank Mahovlich. Mahovlich, dude, I'm blind. Fifteen appearances. Mark Messier, Oilers legend, Rangers legend, 15 appearances. Wayne Gretzky, the guy who played against Plumbers, 18. Ray Bork, overall legend, 19. And leading the way should be no surprise, but Mr. Hockey himself, Gordie Howe, with 23 All-Star Game appearances. That's ridiculous. Yeah, notably played against uh, the the three wise men. <laughs> like... <laughs> Did you that's, hear about the? That's funny. The three wise men is funny. That's mean. Uh, did you hear about um, him asking Sidney Crosby for his autograph? 
No, I did not hear about that. So this is obviously a while ago because our IP Gordon no Howell, but yeah, <laughs> he uh, went up to Sidney Crosby and he's like, "Hey, can I can I get your autograph?" And uh, Sidney Crosby's like, "You're Gordy Howe. You don't need my autograph." And Gordy Howe was like, "You're fucking right, I do." <laughs> like he's like, "Give it here." So just a angry old man from Saskatchewan who wants uh, trying to build up that man cave. Dude, have you seen young pictures of Gordy Howe? Handsome, dude, so hot, just so- jacked as shit too. Speaking of Gordy Howe lore, um, obviously made Gordon <laughs> Gordon Howe obviously made his um, his name as a Detroit Red Wing. Did you know that he was almost a New York Ranger? I did not know that. He fill, originally fill me in miles. He originally went to a camp for the Rangers, and the Rangers GM at the time wanted to sign him, but he pulled a classic Sask move, and he's like, "Oh, like we signed my buddy too." And like, I don't remember what the name of the buddy was. And I don't think he was much of a, much of an NHL or either way, but the Rangers GM was like, Oh yeah, you know, we're going to have to take a look at it and took too long to get back to him. So Gordy went back to Saskatchewan. He played uh, for whichever team in Regina they had at that point in time. Uh, And then the next year, the the Red Wings gave him a contract and brought his buddy with him. So um, the power of friendship. Uh, But what was uh, Gordy has expected goals for percentage? Fuck off. <laughs> it was uh it was gold, myrrh, and frankincense. Uh did Miles, if uh you were being contacted by a, a an NHL team, would you make them sign me? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say bring this guy into your uh, analytics department and then he's gonna tell you why signing me was a bad idea. Oh, so not even a roster spot? Thanks, man. You would want to be in the front office. I would want to be in the front office. As a guy who plays NHL... Can I have NHL, a longer career in the front office? <laughs> as a guy who plays NHL GM mode, not playing games and just making moves... I have a problem. I think, I think that you would be a front office guy. And I think that that shows that I know you. Dude, I had a um, uh, EA play did like a 10-hour trial for NHL 24 because you... You bet your bottom dollar I'm not paying one single cent for NHL 24. And um, I played like 10 hours of it. And God almighty, I built some fun teams. I did the, <laughs> I did, I did the Blackhawks and um, I signed Connor, I signed Connor Bedard to his, uh, to his fucking extension and only got him at 9 million per. Holy. For eight years. Baller. That's how you know it. That's how you know it's a video yeah. game because Bedsy's not signed for less yeah. than 13. Also won a Stanley Cup of my second year. I did what the Edmonton Oilers should have done, which is pay or to get a ton of good players to surround entry level contract Connor McDavid, but that did not happen, and I was sad. And oh, man. we almost had a second rebuild. A man can dream, yeah, um, of how it could have gone. Speaking of dreaming, mm-hmm. of course, Ovi, what happened? Uh... In 44 games this year, Alexander the Great has nine goals. Mm-hmm. That is all. Yeah. End really sad. End of statement. And he's just looking so old. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. That that Gretzky record's looking safer and safer by the day. Caps fans, uh, sorry. Um, bold, bold statement. I don't think it's going to be Ovi that's going to break the record. Matthews, I think it's gonna be Austin Matthews. Yeah, Matthews is looking is he, looking extremely nice with it. He is automatic, man. Like straight up, he gets that puck on a stick in like uh in a in a in a dangerous zone. It's it's going in. Like he, he's got the best shot in the game, bar none. 
It's fucking crazy how good he is. He's the only Leaf that I, well, like only Leaf core player that I don't hate. Yeah. He's so fun to watch. He's so good at hockey. Yeah, he's he's nuts. I Did you see Mitch Marner's fit from the red carpet today? No, and I don't think I need to. Oh, I Pretty gritty. Send, I should send a picture. I should send a picture to you. You should. I would yeah. like to see that. I'll look for um, it while you go over the next point. Yeah, so have you been paying attention? What what the F is going on in the AJHL? Have you been following this at all? So I haven't been following it. I know it's been all goofy. I haven't I I figured you were probably gonna bring it up when we when we recorded our next pod. Um so please, Miles, fill me in as per what's going on between the AHL or AJHL and the BCHL. So the AJHLs, Blackfalls, Bulldogs, Brooks Bandits, Okotoks Oilers, Sherwood Park Crusaders, and Spruce Grove Saints have all announced that they are leaving Alberta Junior A Hockey, AJHL, to join BC's version, the BCHL, next season. Nolan, four out of five of those teams make up the top five in the AHL standings at the moment. So these aren't just... Um, joke teams that are leaving these are yeah. like this is the heart and soul of the AJHL and you know eight teams are making the playoffs four of them are leaving that's uh that's crazy and when I say leaving in response to the a to this announcement the AJHL has canceled all remaining games for defecting teams against non-defecting teams so like a team that's staying in the league like Bonneville could play a team that's staying in the league like the Calgary Colts and this is allowing defecting teams to play their games against each other. So Sherwood Park could play against Spruce Grove, if mm-hmm. you're following. Yeah. Um, an unnamed AJHL defecting team president said the agreement wasn't supposed to go public until May 1st, which is just really slimy to me. Um, because I think they knew what was going to happen if this news broke early. And the fact that it did has turned the AJHL, AJHL completely topsy-turvy. And all these guys that are on these teams not getting ice time now not getting looks um the ajhl called up a few junior b teams that are playing really well in alberta and it's been a shit show like yeah crazy penalties it's just it's just not the same caliber of hockey and it's it was like a 5-1 game and i think the entire um junior b team or line that was out there jumped uh the other team that they were playing and it was just uh, it was really ugly um so the reason you're probably wondering well why the heck would they do this Well, last year, the BCHL defected from Hockey Canada governance and became an independent league. And as an independent league, they can make their own recruitment rules to play more towards NCAA signings or USHL signings. Uh, In December, the BCHL announced they had 193 NCAA commits. Mm -hmm. Last year, the AJ had 180 commits. Are you with me? Are you following yeah, because I know uh, I know Carter Savoy when he was selected, he was a Sherwood Sherwood Park Crusader, mm-hmm. and yeah. famously, Kale McCarr was a Brooks yeah. Bandit. Yeah, and they both went to they they both went to college. Exactly. Yeah. So three hundred and seventy NCAA commits over there's seventeen BCHL teams and sixteen AJHL teams. So thirty three teams, three hundred and seventy NCAA commits. The 16 teams in the USHL last year had 346 NCAA commitments. The USHL figures 51, sorry, 50.1% of current NCAA players have played in the USHL. So if you look at this from these teams' perspectives, what they're trying to do is put their players into a position to get NCAA scholarships. Obviously, Mm -hmm. WHL is your lead to 
the NHL traditionally and puts a lot of guys into Canadian yeah. hockey. They have a scholarship fund that's set up um, where these junior A guys, their goal is to continue their education south of the border. So um, from an outsider perspective, you're like, well, what the heck? Why would these guys leave the AJHL? Like, what's the appeal of going to BC? I mean, if they got to jump in a bus and go from, you know, Edmonton to West Kelowna, like that's a crazy bus ride. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but what they're trying to do as teams is put guys into the USHL and the NCAA, which I don't think you can blame them for doing. Um, but the way that it came out, the way that it, it's broke and what it's done to the league is is really sad. Um, my take on it, like if you look at the SJHL, um, they're at the Saskatchewan version of it. I think that your provincial junior A league is a really good opportunity to showcase your homegrown talent. And for a lot of these communities, it's not Regina and Saskatoon that are having these teams. It's smaller communities like Estevan, Weyburn, uh, Lloyd Minster. And those young kids that grow up in those communities don't have the same access to going to WHL games or NHL games. And it gives them something to strive for to play hometown in front of the people that they have grown up with in that minor hockey system their whole lives so um it sucks it's sad that now essentially you're creating a recruitment race and these local kids from brooks and sherwood park uh, are probably going to have to go elsewhere and you know not be playing in front of their families and and having that opportunity to grow hockey in that town so it's sad Uh, i understand that this ultimately just comes down to being a business decision, but it's uh, it's unfortunate for the communities that are going to be affected and um, they're not going to have those draws on Saturday night anymore, you know, bringing money into the, into the local rink and getting people together. So it's uh, it's an unfortunate situation and I hope it gets resolved in a effective manner, but it doesn't seem like uh, we're at that point just yet. Yeah, and did you see the uh, the news too about the NCAA eligibility for like CHL players as well? That was another big story that kind of came out. Was no, the, I... there's I guess a bunch of I guess the NCAA is going over um, is going over the idea that you can basically CHL players can go play college hockey if they want to, and a lot of it is due to the fact that some of these guys that are developing if they're among the best and brightest, you want them playing against much more old. You want them playing against older competition. Now with the CHL, what does it only go up to what? 20, 21? 21. Yeah. You 21? can have, I think three overages or two overages on yeah. your team. And that's a 21 year old. Yeah. And I mean, in the NCAA, they've got guys that are like 27, 28 years old. Like it's, it, I mean, they're old hockey, they're old college players, but they're still older players. Um, and it's crazy because the NCAA is like, the NCAA now is basically turning into what junior hockey used to be, which is like it's become the factory for a lot of the best and brightest young young stars that we have in the game right now. Well, um, makes sense. I mean, if you yeah. can offer a guy an education mm-hmm. um, and like a commitment to a program where they're getting something out of it, um, it's a no-brainer. And it's forcing Canadian hockey at the CHL and the junior A level to adapt. And this is what you're seeing when push comes to shove. Man, I really hate to say this, but I just, I worry about the long-term viability of junior hockey in Canada. I really do. Like, unless you're a program, unless you're some of these top flight programs, like, um, I mean, like the London Knights, obviously, um, who's another, who's the, who'd be the big one of the WHL? Would it be like the, 
uh, like uh, Kelowna Rockets or something like that. Kelowna, Brandon, like there's yeah. lots of established. Oh, yeah, Brandon's a huge one, yeah. Yeah, lots of established programs. I mean, yeah. uh, the Remparts in Quebec, they're always pretty nasty too. Yeah, Ramouski. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, I, I agree with you. I think that the days of, um, you know, the CHL being the direct pipeline to the National Hockey League are definitely not what it used to be. Well, I mean, look at look at two of the top. I mean, look at the first overall pick this year. Like Macklin Celebrini is going to be the first overall pick, and he decided not to go CHL. He's playing and he's he's playing college hockey right now. Look at Adam Fantilli. Adam Fantilli went straight to University of Michigan. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of these stars are no longer coming to the CHL, and it sucks to see, man, because junior hockey is so exciting. It's so accessible, and it's. It, it like it's accessible for the people that live in those cities, right? It's like it's m- much like you were talking about with like, um, with uh, with like the SJHL. It's nice to be able to have that have that accessibility for people in those towns to go see to go see hockey games and and to be and to be influenced and to be um, and good hockey and to, games. and to be inspired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and and it's but it's it also works on a much more, I guess. I don't know if I want to say macro level when it comes to cities like Regina or like Lethbridge or even Edmonton. Like you can't go to an Oilers game, but you could go to an Oil Kings game and that's still going to, you know, reinvigorate people's love for hockey or it's going to inspire a kid to really want to get out and, and to, and to want to play hockey themselves. Um, yeah, like you said, man, it's, it's, it's sad to see. And I, I, I don't want this for the CHL, but it almost looks like it's, it's inevitable in, 20 30 years i mean i know that's a long long ways away but it still sucks it still sucks to see nonetheless i've i've brought it this last thing i want to say because i feel like i'm dogpiling on the chl but different cities do it differently like saskatoon has is unbelievable right now like they're the best team in the eastern conference uh they just beat the pats 6-1 last night And they have a four pack of tickets with a popcorn or two popcorns. And it's like 40 bucks. That's sick to take your family to a blades game, watch incredible junior hockey and have an affordable night out. The Pats 270 kilometers South is about a hundred bucks to do the same thing. So some markets are just making it inaccessible for families to go. And that's your driver. That's who's coming to the games buying your jerseys, getting the mini sticks, um, you know, doing the floss on the cam, making your game day experience what it is. And if you're not going to make things affordable for families, you're going to lose them. And I think that that's a bigger part of what the CHL is doing wrong. You have to lead into the community aspect of it all. Like it's so, it's so important to like allow people to feel like they're one with the program because you're you're like, you're not going to get that with the NHL, which is expected. It's like a, it's a giant business, but with the CHL teams, like you don't have a salary cap, you know, you might as well lean into the fan experience. Oh, hundred percent. And yeah. grow your program that way. But, uh, AJHL, keep an eye on it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And you definitely, the people suffering the most from this, aside from the fans are the, are the guys on these teams, the guys that are in their last season of eligibility that are going to get to play two or three more games this year. Um, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a tough blow. So hopefully they're able to, uh, make the most of those opportunities and and get a look somewhere. So here we go. All right. Enough well, of that drab shit. That was a good little discussion. 
It was good. It's fun. Yeah. It's something something different, right? Yeah. And speaking of something different, we are on to the one for one episode 100 mailbag. So big thank you to everybody who has been listening to our episodes from the get go. Um, big thank you to anybody who's jumped on since we've joined the Hockey Podcast Network. Anybody that's uh, taking time out of their day to send in a question or um, words of encouragement or a like on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, has definitely not gone unnoticed and we appreciate you all extremely extremely tremendously donald trump very much thank you you're so great much. thank you you're great thank you and one of those great thank you people um submitting four questions for the mailbag four by alex uh great dude subpar picking of favorite teams but we uh, we look past <laughs> that uh, he's a big Canucks guy. He'll get a kick out of that. Uh, he wrote in best slash worst trades in Oilers or NHL history. So I'll give you one first, Nolan. Um, my worst Oilers trade, and this was done with minimal research, but one that I feel very passionately about. I'm going to go with the worst trade being the Jordan Everly for Ryan Strom trade of a couple of years ago. Um, happened at a horrible point in our rebuild. Uh, Everly kind of got sacrificed and the Oilers spent years trying to find a replacement when they could have had Everly all along. Strom was ass on the Oilers, to say the least. He was big, stinky, 14-hour long-haul truck driver ass. And um, yeah, I think the, the spooner for Strom trade didn't work out either. Um Horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, Jordan Everly's gone on to have a fine NHL career. Was an all-star last year in Seattle. We won't get into that. Um, but, I mean, the answer was there all along, and Shirelli fucking shipped him out. Um, I, I actually I actually take take uh, Everly for Strom and raise you Strom for Spooner. <laughs> right there, dude. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Uh, that was, and then Spooner for Sam Gagne. Shout out Sam, but oh my god, that's so <laughs> tough. Um, you know what, Miles? I'll go a little bit more positive when it comes to the Oilers. In probably Peter Shirelli's greatest move as a general manager with the Edmonton Oilers, Patrick Maroon from the Anaheim Ducks for Martin Gurnat. <laughs> Oof! And a fourth Nothing. round pick in 2016. Um yeah, this was a this was a crazy trade, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Stayed home from work, watched uh, trade deadline day on TSN, and I remember, uh, I remember, uh, uh, oh my god, Craig Button. After that trade happened, because I remember it was uh, they made one other trade that day too, I think, and they were taught and they were interviewing Peter Shirelli, and it was that you know after that like three oh five window, and they do the well now s- trades can still come in last minute, uh, trades can still come in for the next half hour or so, you know what I'm talking about? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were and they were interviewing Peter Shirelli, and they were like, uh, so you know, like you didn't really do much today. He's like, oh, we got one more move coming through. He's like, yeah, you guys will see it soon. Yeah, you guys will see it soon. And they're like, big trade. Patrick Maroon is an Edmonton Oiler. And uh, and then I remember Craig Button absolutely going off on the Oilers on that broadcast and said, what is he going to offer? You know, he doesn't, he, he adds absolutely nothing. He's too slow and blah, 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 blah. Well, Miles, Patrick Maroon would only go on to have 86 points in 154 games, including 49 goals 
for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, highlighted by his 16-17 season where he scored 27 goals on Connor McDavid's wing. Um, Patrick Maroon was awesome. The big rig, we love and absolutely miss him. And you know what, man? If a storybook, if a storybook ending can come together, even if he's not an everyday player, 19 is available for him. Let's bring him back. That would be cute. And you yeah. know McDavid would love that. That's like oh. one of his best buddies in the league. So 100%. Yeah. Good pick. Um, Miles, what's your worst uh, NHL trade? Well, my worst NHL trade also happens to be an Oilers trade. And there's lots of them. But uh, we're going to dig back in the history books here. Mark Messier to the Rangers. Messier and future considerations to the Rangers for Louis DeBrusque. I'm sorry, Louis. I love you on the broadcast, but not for Messier. Uh, Stephen Rice and Bernie Nichols. At the time of this trade, Messier was 29. He had five cups with the Oilers. And the pieces that came back didn't even come close to what Messier was. Uh, like, this is a couple of years after Gretzky gets shipped out to L.A. Messier is effectively Mr. Oiler. Brings another cup to the team without Gretzky there. He's cementing his legacy. He is an all-time Oilers great, but didn't need to didn't need to happen. And um, the Oilers weren't very competitive from that point onward. Um, I don't know, man. That one, that one's stinky. Looking back on that, that's just a fucking bad, bad trade. Do you know what Bernie Nichols' career high in goals is in the season? 14. 70. Oh, shit. Okay, what? <laughs> he scored 70 goals in 1988-89. With the 150, 150 points, it was with the Kings. Oh, fuck. It was yeah, I was going to say he wasn't doing that. In that that was the first season, I believe, with Gretzky. Nah, that's rank. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. We 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 don't like to see that. Um, but he broke the curse in New York, so yeah. I guess your loss is a, or our loss is your gain. So mine, you can either go with best or worst. However, which way you want to take a look at this, Miles? Are you familiar with the Martin E. Rat trade? Oh boy, am I! <laughs> in the, the twenty twelve, I, I must ask, must ask, who went the other way? Uh, in the twenty twelve twenty thirteen season. The Washington Capitals in the middle of a, I believe they missed the playoffs this year or no, April 3rd, 2013. So that was, that was the trade deadline. Yes, that's right. Late trade deadline because that was the, um, that was the lockout shortened season. Now, did the Capitals make the playoffs that year? I cannot remember if they did or not. I'm going to take a quick look right now. They did. Playoff push, looking to add a little bit of extra Extra grit to their lineup, a little extra scoring. So they got uh, career-high 58-point player Martin Era at the deadline. Hey, that's not a bad little player. Uh, had, had an extra year on his deal. And they, uh, they, they, they traded him for a, for, for, a, for a young prospect they picked in the 2012 draft. A young guy by the name of Philip Forsberg. <laughs> Oof. Whoopsie. Could you imagine the Forsberg-Ovi-Backstrom connection that could have been? Oh my god, could you imagine like and Kuznetsov? That would have been like the next the next era of the Capitals was Kuzi and Philip Forsberg. Uh it's crazy to think of what could have been there. Uh Caps fans eat your heart out. I'm sorry, we're really pouring it on for you this episode. But oh, yeah, so- that's that's a tough one. Sorry, I, I should I should reframe this. It was uh Martin Erat and Michael Lata, which uh oh, that's a yeah. piece. Yeah, absolutely huge. Uh, so that's that's a really tough look for the Washington. I remember when that trade went through, and I like I wasn't like I was big into hockey, 
But even then, because I knew that Philip Forsberg was that guy going into that 2012 draft, um, Bob McKenzie had him listed as like the fifth best player in the draft or something like that. And they ended up getting him where they did, which was like, I think 10th or 12th or something like that. And I remember that trade going through and seeing Philip Forsberg and I fucking couldn't believe him. Like Martin Erat got you Philip Forsberg. What a fleece by the Predators. Um, And uh, yeah, Philip Forsberg would go on to have like, like 600. He's going to, he's going to probably reach a thousand points as a Nashville Predator. Crazy. Yeah. Tough. Um, Quick, quick, quick one from here. Also from the floor pie eating man when will miles stop the quinn hughes slander well alex short answer when i'm underneath six feet of dirt longer answer when the nhl stops reminding me that he has two brothers that play in the nhl both of them play for the new jersey devils while he plays in vancouver you know how that goes um that that is my response to that question okay so let me remember it it, it's luke and Quinn that play for the Devils? No, 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 no. Quinn plays in Vancouver. Oh, shit. Okay. Luke and Jack Fuck. play for the Devils in New Jersey. While okay. Quinn plays in the Western Conference for New the New Jersey's Kingdoms. in the U.S., right? Yes, it is. Eastern okay. Conference, cool. U.S. Okay. okay. Yeah. Makes right, sense, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I got it. We'll get it one day. Yeah. Uh, apparently, also for ply, floor pie, Alex wants to know why I'm so bad at fantasy hockey. I believe, which I'm is a fair like, question. I'm like ninth or tenth. Well, Alex, <laughs> uh, taking Connor Brown anywhere in like the top ten rounds will do that to a man. <laughs> he has like three points. It's a hard one to come back from. No goals. I, I, I feel your pain. Also, uh, also banked banked hard on uh, the Taylor Hall Connor Bedard connection. That's a fucking that's a couple brutal players to draw that's that's a need of the jaw that's for sure yeah uh so that's that 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 explains a lot so um anyways uh his next question do you like your rivals being good or bad miles what is your answer i like when your rivals are good i think that iron sharpens iron not to use too much of an analogy here a cliche um, but also having seen the Oilers be a pit of desperation for as long as I have, I don't take a huge amount of joy in watching other fan bases suffer one, two seasons. Most it's like, oh yeah, it's fun to watch them be like, never be good again. But after that, it just gets a little bit depressing and there's something to be said about like a crazy competitive battle of Alberta. That's so fun to watch, mm-hmm. get a couple guys together, um, maybe even make the trip up for a game. And it's, it's fantastic. It's so much fun. Even like vancouver being good we didn't really get it this season because those games were at the start of the year and the oilers were dog shit but like oilers now versus canucks that would be awesome um like good rivalry games that's fun hockey to watch and that's 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 especially being canadian teams i like that kind of stuff that gets me going yeah for for me it it just it depends on the team um i hate that vegas and i mean right now kind of sort of la uh are good because i just i can't stand both of those teams they drive me insane um vegas because they're so fucking good and that they're so new and all this other shit um and then with la like lowest iq fan base in the nhl we don't have to go over this again um but i think the league is thriving more when there's like a healthy rivalry going between the canucks oilers and kings or sorry not kings flames so i i i I really like when those two teams are good. It just makes everything a lot more exciting. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it really all just depends on the team. Not totally fair. Um, 
not a question, but just a message um, from Ty Noss. Congrats, boys. Let's go get a cup. Hell yeah, dude. He's a big Weathers fan, uh, new listener to the show. Uh, so shout out to you. Thanks for joining us. And hell yeah, man. Let's go get a cup. That's the plan. Let's do it. <laughs> Flames fan, Dill. Um, this is insane. Thoughts on the Ladislav Seed <laughs> Oilers Flames trade? Um, so for those of you who don't know what that is, um, I understand why you might not. Smeed and Olivier Waugh. I thought he was going to be so sick. <laughs> for Laurent Boissois and Roman Horik. Oh, my God. So Roman first and Horak. foremost, oh. for asking this question, your brain needs to be examined. Um, I don't know, man. He was bad on the Oilers when they traded Petrie, and he never really found his game um, after Petrie left. Boissois didn't work out in Edmonton, um, but like he's made a nice career for himself. So, I mean, good for him. Kind of washes out. Um, Smead wasn't very good in Calgary either. So, like, out of all the Flames and Oilers trades, you pick this one. Um, is your go-to ice cream choice vanilla? Um, do you ever walk i don't know what that means uh do you have oh do you ever you know walk across the street without looking both ways like you're you're not very dangerous come on live a little man pick, pick something crazy here uh dill you need to be institutionalized uh i was looking forward to a to a whole diatribe about how the oilers got like a fourth that led to someone like leon Dreisaitl, but uh no so instead uh let's take a look at lucic and a third for neil which was a Overall, a success for the Oilers because they were able to buy out James Neal. But uh, the league still prorated uh, Neal to 20 goals in that 1920 season where the world shut down, which is fucking horseshit. They should never have gotten that third. Should have been a, a fucking wash. I agree. I yeah. agree. Uh, Flames fans, chintzy. Yeah, garbage. Again, not a question here, but just a message from good friend of the show, baby back Billick. No question, but congrats on episode 100. Love hearing you in my ears every week. Kind of, uh, kind of a pause there, but we appreciate it, and we like um, having you um, be mean to us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I yeah, I appreciate it. Um, he pulled congr- the Uno. What's congrats that? on Harbaugh. <laughs> he pulled the Uno reverse and he said, I lied. I actually have a question. Which one of you has better odds rizzing Livy Dunn? Uh, my response to that, did you know baby Gronk rizzed Livy and is now the new Drip King? Uh, Miles, I hate to break it to you, but I'm the baby digs at this exercise. I don't know what that means. Uh, that was the follow-up video from that, from, from that, from, from the baby Gronk dude. Okay. So it was he was like, like, baby Gronk has a new challenger in baby digs going after Libby. Yeah, who is one of the who's one of the best football players in the United States? Well, Nolan, again, I hate to break it to you, but I think that we're going to answer this question. Um you didn't know what the cool emoji was, but first and foremost, and I think most <laughs> importantly, um Livy Dunn's boyfriend is a 6 foot 6 pitcher. Like went first overall in the MLB draft. Oh yeah, I forgot so, about that. Yeah, yeah, neither of us are rising Livy Dunn. As we both have committed relationships, yeah. so, <laughs> but who has a better chance? Um, neither of us, because we're not six six. Together, though, if I stand on your shoulders, we'd be taller than six six. Yeah, dude, we're fucking uh, <laughs> little rascals in a trench coat. <laughs> Could you pass the salt, please, Libby? Could you imagine being like eleven feet tall <laughs> going into a bank? <laughs> I'd like to apply for a loan, please. I'd like to apply for a small business loan, please. I'm trying to get my podcast off the ground. (laughs) 
<laughs> What's your name, Miles Schumann? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Bruins boy Ben. Uh, who is? Oh, I, I think this is our our last question we got here. Uh, Bruins boy Ben, who's your favorite wag? NHL partner, so wives and girlfriends. Uh, Miles, let's hear yours. So um, this is all time. Uh, and this is a little trip down memory lane. Um, all time is without a doubt Carrie Underwood. I went to her concert when I was in grade eight, and I had such a big crush on her after the show. I, I sat in my room crying because I knew that I'd never marry Carrie Underwood. Um, <laughs> hormones, am I right? Uh, Miles, I, I, I told you about my story with Carrie Underwood, right? Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. Should I tell the listeners very quickly? Yeah, give them the give them the quick story. Okay, so quick story about Carrie Underwood. Um, I was working. Uh, I did some work downtown Toronto, and I was working out of a uh, out of a hospital at the time, and I was uh, I was waiting. For, I was I was waiting for a drink at one of the places that I was looking after. And I saw this girl coming to the counter and I'm like, wow, that woman is beautiful. Like, uh, like, and then I kind of like looked over at her again and it's not even like, as in like a, like a, oh, I want to approach this person. It's more of just like admiring beauty. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, if you see like a good looking dude too, you're like, man, that's a good looking dude. Like, you know, congratulations. You hit like the genetic lottery. And, uh, I keep on looking at it, I'm like, man, she looks like Carrie Underwood. That's a beautiful woman. And then I kind of look back at her. And I'm like, is, is that Carrie? Underwood? No, she wouldn't be in Toronto at the hospital. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, well, like, let's see. So that I, I, so that I see her left hand and her left hand kind of like rubs her hair aside or whatever. And I see this big rock on her finger. I'm like, okay, well, she's probably just like a, like a, like a, like a rich Toronto wife sort of thing. And then I'm like, hmm, Okay. And then I look at her and I'm like, that looks like Carrie Underwood. Well, lo and behold, Mike Fisher walks behind her. And there you go. Confirmed per Darren, Carrie Underwood. Go up, introduce myself, say, not going to bother you too much. I don't want to like cause a scene, but like big fan. She's like, oh, bless your heart. Thank you. And that was my story with Carrie Underwood. You are the luckiest man alive. It's pretty cool. Next to Mike Fisher. Yeah. Very short. Congratulations, Carrie Underwood. She's like (laughs) 5'2". Rockstar, yeah. Nolan, the Stand term shoulders. <laughs> the the term rock star gets thrown around a lot um, these days. Uh, Miles, I forgot to give my wag. Quickly. Oh, I'm such a dick. It's okay. I have I I have I have a very quick one because it probably doesn't count anymore. Tate McRae. Ah. Oh. Oh, suck on that, Cole. Fumble on the one yard line, Cole Cylinder. Don't get greedy, Cole. Uh, Miles. <laughs> Yeah, not a rock star. You're because a rock star of the week. The term rock star gets thrown around a lot these days, Nolan. And um, something that might make you a rock star would be running a marathon, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Have you ever wanted to run a marathon? Um, I want to start with small goals and work my way up. So, like, it'd be nice to run, like, a 10K and then work your way up to, like, a half marathon, then marathon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that seems a little a little hard. It makes sense. I mean, the yeah. rigorous training, the blisters, the sore feet, the pain and suffering of having your nipples rub on your sweat-wicking <laughs> shirt, chafing. Well, it's all worth the glory of pushing yourself and achieving a personal goal, or so they say. And that's what makes this week's Rockstar so much more frustrating, because it's an accidental marathon runner who had no intention of running the race and ultimately placed seventh 
at the Elkmont trackless train half marathon in Alabama with a mark of just over an hour and a half. It's remarkable that someone could do this on a whim. Is it even more remarkable if you're a dog? I accidentally grazed my eyes like a little bit. Just like, fuck off. Ludivine the bloodhound was led out by her owners in the morning to pee. (laughs) She snuck out under the fence, wandered into the woods, and came out to a large group of people who were starting a marathon. As the gun sounded, she ran alongside the runners for the entirety of the race. Even more impressive is that with her hour and a half mark, she also stopped to sniff a dead rabbit and ran off to play with a herd of cows. Imagine if she just put her head down and grinded. She got a medal for coming across the line uh, and finished, as mentioned, seventh in the race. That's outstanding. Um, When her owners realized that she was gone and tracked her down, her human was quoted as saying, my first reaction is that I was embarrassed that she had possibly gotten in some other runner's way. I can't believe she ran the whole half marathon because she's actually pretty lazy. (laughs) So shout out to Ludivine, the not so lazy dog who took on a hashtag grind set and ran a half marathon to prove her bitch owner wrong. Rockstar of the week, Ludivine the Bloodhound, shout out to you. That was very good, Miles. Also, uh, naming your dog Ludivine, like, I don't know if that's like a family name, but that is such a miss. That's not even in the top 100 power rankings of dog names. That's like that's like a Patrick Stefan going to going to ice the game with an empty net and, and falling, falling over. Yeah, dude, that's like that's a Potter. That's a Potter. <laughs> that's a Potter, Potter short kind of name. But um, I mean, that Far dog ran a marathon. <laughs> a dog ran a half marathon, and I'm sitting at a I'm spitting at a podcast mic with a zin. <laughs> you have a zin right now. I took it out because I was buzzing. <laughs> you are buzzing tonight. Speaking of buzzing, yes, the Oilers have been buzzing. Sixteen straight mm-hmm. wins in a row. It's All Star Weekend, as mentioned. Nolan, I looked at the tweet you sent me of Mitch Marner's outfit, and he looks like he's wearing um, the skin of a dead cow. That is a busted ass fit. And the worst part is, is that jacket is probably well over two thousand dollars. <laughs> It also looks like he's walking with like a pimpling a little bit, and I don't like it. It makes me feel so uncomfortable. It's it's culturally appropriating, is what it is. He sucks so hard. Yeah, Toronto, love him, love your boy. Yeah. Uh, but but being All Star Week, um, Oilers don't play again until Tuesday, February sixth, in Las Vegas, where they will go for tying the record for NHL wins. After that, Friday, February 9th, they're in Anaheim. And on the second half of that back-to-back, Saturday night, they're in Los Angeles. So, going to tie up the record. And then if they win that, knock on wood, then go to hopefully beat that record against Anaheim. And then extend it against the struggling Kings. So hopefully they can keep the lightning in a bottle that they have had um, and and carry that in after the All-Star break. I think that they were a little banged up. So the rest uh, is is probably going to be be good for them is the way that I'm looking at it and is the way that I'm hoping. Fuck 17. Let's just win out the season. Straight up. Never lose yeah. again. Corey yeah. Perry's on the team now. Yeah, and then we'll go 16-0 in the playoffs. Cup. Leon resigns like $1 million times eight years. Um, 
we're cooking. We're good to go. Kind of crazy to think that like 16 games they've won in a row. Mm-hmm. You don't need to win 16 in a row to win the Stanley Cup. You no, just need you just to, need win, to 16. win 16. Yeah. So the fact that they've proven that they can do it is um, very nice. But I mean, technically, you could make that argument for any team in the NHL that wins 16 games. But um, yeah. Let's say and like just, and, just, and just hope you can play the Blackhawks and the Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sixteen of twenty-eight would be a cop, right? So shout out, yeah, yeah, shout exactly. Out. So shout out, shout um, out. yeah, man. Um, well, that that wraps up episode one hundred. Um, yeah, you said it off the top, man. But like, thank you to everybody that's that's listened. Um, this whole thing has been really cool, and it's it's seen a nice organic growth over the last like fucking three years which is crazy to think like i miles i still cannot believe we've been doing this for three years like it's it's actually kind of wild and um you know it seemed like forever ago that we were even reaching like 50 episodes now that we're already at 100 is like crazy to crazy to think and so i just want to just say thank you again to everybody that's that's tuned in that's listened that's shared that's interacted with us on social media um that's given us props. Uh, Miles, two of uh, or like Taylor's friend and her husband came over. Um, friends of the show, Lindsay Mason. Uh, they came over last weekend, and uh, uh, Lindsay actually made a Carhartt King joke to us, <laughs> and I was like, "Hell yeah, Miles is gonna love that one." I do um, love that kind of stuff, and uh, that just that that's so cool to see, and it just makes me really happy, and um, you know. I, life can be really stressful and life can be really complicated but the fact that we be that we're able to sort of um reconvene every week and just talk about hockey and all the dumb shit that makes us smile just gives me a really awesome uh positive outlet to really enhance my life and you enhance my life miles and this podcast enhances my life and i just could not be more thankful of it so thank you to not only people but also to you miles Dude, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, very well said. And here's to 100 more. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you for joining us for Season 4, Episode 15, the 100th episode of One for One. Oilers are hot. So are you. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.